1: We got Biz here for PTO. Biz, show us what you got. Hey, let's all work hard and earn it. Yeah, let's bring it in here, boys. Give me a Biz 20 promo code on three. One, two, three. Biz 20 promo code. Let's go. Swipe up. Let's go.
2: shot, but then the slides from along the ice. An unlikely hero in Paul that but after it gets dumped in, it goes all around the
3: boards from our closet tire service. Auto centers there, and you see the way, I can see it fumbling around. The way the puck goes there, it flips up, and then under the bar on the blocker side.
0: Somehow, someway, we got A 12-year NHL vet. He's played for the Arizona Coyotes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, six-time EA NHL cover athlete runner-up, ECHL Wheeling Nailers All-Star, color analyst for the Coyotes. He tried his craft at the Vancouver Warriors lacrosse team. Didn't work out so well, but he's good for a party. Co-host of one of the famed podcasts out there, Spin Chicklets. He is the guy that had the ultimate ice bucket challenge with a helicopter. Paul Biznasty Bissonette. Thank you for joining us, Paul.
1: That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all the amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me. And uh, now I'm signing off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got him this far.
1: Perfect. But but I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for having me on. and, And going back to your intro... That's happened a few times where people have introduced me as a 12 year NHL veteran. I played 12 years pro only five and a half in the NHL, but then again, I'll take it. Um, and going to one of your hosts, we keep losing him. Ted has been in and off this chat. So he's having technical difficulties.
0: That's okay. We're, we told him and he's cool that we're going to roll with it. And, uh, I mean, it's a Friday. We don't normally record on Fridays, but it's an emergency podcast. So emergency things happen. So, uh, Paul, I guess, uh, I guess first off, like, what have you been up to since COVID started?
1: Um, like even just right off the hop, just kind of following online, I took it pretty seriously. Um, obviously trying to stay out of everybody's way and just self quarantining. Uh, Arizona was a place that wasn't really affected early on, but uh, cases have spiked up quite a bit here as of late. I don't think, you know, maybe some people were taking it as seriously, and, and given when they opened everything back up. Uh, As I mentioned, case spiked. But as far as a work standpoint, just uh, trying to shift the focus of our our brand and podcast. um, You know, we've we've went down to one podcast a week, given that there's no hockey right now, and uh, just trying to open up different avenues and and doing other fun things for our following, like uh, Twitch streams, yeah, playing HL20, and and it's been fun. It it was it probably was something that I wouldn't have um, ever exercised if if given what happened with the quarantine, but we're really enjoying it Wit's been hopping on uh we've had a bunch of nhlers like ryan reeves we just had on after he signed his contract uh binnington joined us uh Wierenski, uh we have a, a famous um, streamer uh, who's one of the best nhl 20 players in nasher out of columbus so mm-hmm. it's been good man it's it's been fun just trying to keep my mind busy
0: so speak brady i'm gonna get this to you here speaking of uh all the cell you guys have been playing how's your Chell game and do you think uh you could be brady
1: well, okay so if brady were a Cheller, i would totally be down to play him but to this point i haven't even i haven't played i just go on there and we joke around with the guys and we, we run more of the commentary i used to play nintendo and just how crazy the buttons have gotten it's very hard for me you guys know hand eye wasn't my thing I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was hand to someone's eyes yeah but uh, it's, it's something that uh, that I'll definitely be getting into once I get a console on a TV in my little game room here so great what's going on buddy
3: hey man uh, just uh, jumping on the show here with you thanks for coming on man uh maybe we'll have to pull out the old uh Nintendo 64 and play uh some Gretzky's greatest hits or something like that <laughs> But,
1: although, uh, although i used to play the what do you call it 007 on oh goldeneye yeah the goldeneye i was always odd job so i think that says a lot about me and some of your followers will be like oh he's that guy
0: yeah oh well nice, man. there's That's always
3: fantastic. one classic video game um but hey uh I don't know if you saw the latest news that came out, like, I don't know, right before uh, we got the go-ahead from you, but uh, Bob McKenzie tweeted that uh, one of the NHL teams has actually shut down, has to shut down phase two. Uh, some of their players have COVID virus, and it's rumored to be in Tampa Bay. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And, like, what should the NHL be doing? Like, should we just shut everything down?
1: Well, yeah, so I just got the information around the same time you did. So I, it's really hard to form an opinion based off how much little I know. Um, so, oh, hey, Wes, he's back. Hey. What's up? Keep going. Oh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, like, obviously that's unfortunate, and I would imagine that they have to reassess and, and figure out, you know, what's going to happen with phase two if, if, the, if that is, in fact, the case. Um, as far as shutting down the whole thing, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, taking the, the proper proper precautions with at least that area and what they're dealing with and hoping it's not going anywhere else if they're able to settle it down and and, and and calm it within the team, and then get back going on phase two before camp has to officially reopen, then I guess do it. But I'm really not the guy to ask because if uh, you know if 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 uh, if I say the wrong thing, people will get upset because we are dealing with people's lives here, right? Exactly. So I lean toward the the side of you know safety over anything. For sure. Awesome.
3: Thanks, man.
0: Did you see uh, uh, Ted? Are you here? Are you you with us? He's kind of with us. I'll I'll keep going. Did you see uh, there's an article yesterday that came out there's rings that I think the NBA players are going to get when they're in uh, Orlando there the I guess it predicts like covid up to like 3 days before you get symptoms before 3 days before it comes. Um even if even if you're never going to have covid, like how bad do you want one of those rings anyway?
1: yeah i mean the, te- the technology all of a sudden that's pretty that's pretty wild i actually read a few jokes that the, you know finally the clippers are going to get a ring so yeah <laughs> you know, the, the jokes are flying out but um i also heard the the, the one part where they're going to introduce a hotline where if, if the players aren't following protocol you can call in and wrap them out oh, boy. so the Takashi 6969 or whatever uh hotline I think, I think ultimately we've realized how important sports are and how much joy they bring to our lives. So given that this has happened yeah, I, and, and the fact that more people are stuck in their houses, they're trying to provide them with entertainment. So if anything it, throughout this whole process, it's realized, I think it's probably the time to take a step back and all of us maybe to assess our own lives and and work on things that maybe we didn't have the chance to when we had all these other distractions going on to, to occupy them for us. Right. He's
0: he's back. He's floating in. Ted, he's the guy that runs this thing, and he's uh he's all over the place. I love it. Holy shit. I don't know. <laughs>
1: he's calling Holy in from boys, a phone. This is
2: my first time interneting. This is, this I'm is awesome. This.
0: this is so good. This is so good. Welcome back, Ted. This is like
1: early stages when uh, it was just RA and Witt doing the podcast. And I don't, not a lot of people know, is Grinelli wasn't the producer. RA was doing it all. And he had his own uh, machine. And Grinelli had reached out to him via email saying, Hey, if you guys need a, an actual producer, let me know. RA saw the email, ignored it. And sure enough, the next podcast they recorded, um, RA's. I don't know what the machines call it, but it broke down.
0: The mixer, yeah.
1: The mixer. Oh, no. So shuffling through his emails, finding Grinnell's email, reached out to him, and the rest is history. That's how Grinnell got hired as the producer.
0: Yeah. A lot oh, goes man. through that mixer. I've I'm the guy that bucked up for all this uh when COVID started. I'm like, well, if we're gonna do podcasts, we need one of these. I went through two mixers because I got the wrong one. So I by oh. the next week I had a brand new one. Now, this thing does all the bells and whistles. It's got cool effects. If you guys want to sound like you're in a haunted house, we can do that. It's all good.
1: Ted chipped in with his internet bill to, to get the mixer. So now we're fine. <laughs>
0: Apparently, yeah. He's going to start tapping into his data on his phone. That's hilarious. Is he still there? Right,
3: well, I want to jump in and I got a question for you. Um, we've had a couple NHL players on the podcast now. We're lucky to have uh, Brad May on the show, um, and Vern Fiddler. Um, Orlan Orland, Orland Curtainback, back. But uh I was just kind of curious. Uh did you actually have some playing time with Vern uh in Phoenix? Or did you guys actually cross paths or
1: Vern Fiddler was uh was my lineman, because he was the fourth one corner, corner with the yeah. and, yeah, uh, yeah. He picked up off waivers and uh I, I love Fids and well, he he's actually a resident of Cologne in the summertime, he is he not? He, he is. is, that's where we're from. You guys are playing tummy sticks with him in the summer, but when I first got there, him and Yans were very close and they were roommates. We actually didn't hit it off at the beginning. I I, I come in very hot. Like I'm the first per I'm the same person the first day you meet me to the last. Yeah. So I think they just kind of weren't necessarily crazy about that. And I think Vern Fiddler told Yans like this guy's gonna be here a week and then he's gone. <laughs> oh no. Long story short, we, we all became very close <laughs> in most road trips. We would all go out to eat and I would always end up back at their room and we would rent a movie and we would get dessert. So we would order Sundays up to the room. And some nights I would end up, they would order a cot up and I would end up sleeping on the cot in their room no as kidding. opposed to going out <laughs> to go. So we became very close and, and I really respect him as a player. Tip loved him and he had a, very, a good opportunity to grow his game there and, and take that next step because Tip had a very defensive minded uh, you know game plan. And he really liked putting those checkers against other teams' top lines. And and Fids, you know, Fid's really adapted to that role. And he ended up getting a nice little contract in Dallas afterward. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm happy for him. Now he's doing um player development for the Dallas for Stars. Dallas, yeah.
3: All right, he's jumped in with uh the uh the Colorado Rockets as the assistant coach this year.
1: That's right. So yeah. good for him, man. Good family man, and uh, I couldn't be happier for him. He was a great teammate. Uh Block shots, great at faceoffs, as I said, and just uh, and he really helped our team out make playoffs back to back years that I he was there. Sweet.
0: So you've been out here. We've seen uh, your your biz. What was it? Uh, your little net series yeah, you did BC. last. Yeah, Biz does BC. So you know the Okanagan pretty well. Um, yeah. You've got uh, your boys. Uh, um, you got Tyson Nash. You got Donor. Um, I think he's out in the shoe swap there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. um, when you come to town, I, are they available or are they conveniently busy and uh, you gotta find another place to stay?
1: <laughs> so I I actually um I have a very good relationship with Donor. He was he was like a father figure to me because I was still young and dumb and and I would have to go to him for a lot of advice uh, when I got to Phoenix. And uh yeah, I, I mean anytime if I was in the area, I would imagine he would he would let me stay at his place. Uh, his wife, on the other hand, maybe maybe now, but maybe not back then, <laughs> but uh, no, he, he was great. And, and when I was filming that B, Biz Nasty Does BC, um, obviously that portion in episode three was very vital, and he was nice enough to give me the full day and show me around the shoe swap. And uh, yeah, he, we, we, we have a great relationship. He actually reached out to me the other day about uh, this Peloton ride he's doing for charity, and that just—I mean—that's donor right there in a nutshell. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he—he's so giving, and and one of the the best human beings I've ever had the chance to be around. And that's that's career aside, and we all know how that works.
0: Yeah, he's kind of that Captain Canada guy. Like you see it every time when it comes to his his national pride. Like he's uh, he's like one of those Ryan Smith guys, right? Like, you know, if it, if Canada calls, like he's there. Like the guy's there for every. It seems like he's there for everybody.
1: He's so grateful and, and, and one thing that I just couldn't fathom is is how much responsibility he not only had in order to play up to his contract, in order to be the captain of an NHL team, um, you know managing having you know a wife and four kids. yet whether it was after practice or after a game, he was always the last guy to leave because he had so many people that wanted his attention and wanted to talk to him because of how special of a human being he was. I was, I was a rink rat, and I would always be the, la- the second last to leave. He would be at the rink at 12 o'clock at night still talking to a fan in the hallway and his gitch after a game and just giving everybody his time. And, and what he did for the Arizona Coyotes organization will, will, never, will never be touched. And that's why his, his jersey was retired here. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to somehow bring him back and incorporate him because he's such a, a big piece of, of growing the game in Arizona.
3: Yeah, I mean, Doan Done was a huge uh, piece in Arizona, and like like all all off to him, man. He he was fantastic. Um, but big big names like kind of similar to Doan were uh, the Sedin twins in in Vancouver. And um, thinking back to your playing days, what was it like to uh, you know go head to toe against uh, you know two of the best uh, Canucks to ever play the game?
1: Okay, so one obviously we wouldn't be lying that, so I would have the best seat in the house. I didn't have to pay for watching the guys play. And, It was just, it's like they shared the same brain. And I guess the the one sitting story that is is above all was the fact that my first year of broadcasting, the last home game of the season for Vancouver was against the Coyotes. Yeah. So I see their last regular season game at Rogers Place and it was like, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. Every TV timeout, it would be a standing all with something on the jumbotron um and then of course you know they, they would put them on right afterward and the fans wouldn't would, wouldn't sit down for their shift and brad richardson was uh he played with them with the canucks yeah and yeah. i ended up talking to him a couple months after that this has happened so the game went to overtime and coyotes had taken a penalty and richie was at the top of the the you know the, the penalty kill and sure enough, one city into the next and ends up lining him up for a one-timer and he ends up bearing the game with an OT. So storybook ending and he was like, yeah, I might have gotten out of the way of that one. Because yeah. Richie would always have been in that fucking shot lane. But yeah. so, so to Richie for, I mean, the Coyotes weren't making playoffs anyway, so, uh, so credit to him for helping out with that storybook ending. But just a special night and, and well-deserved on guys who made such a big impact on that community. And and even throughout the process of their career with the Canucks, they, they did deal with a lot of criticism, but they always took the high road. Yeah, just you—you—you you, you could you couldn't ask for two better ambassadors for an organization in Vancouver. Yeah, wow. fantastic! I, I love that
3: response.
0: So, yeah. um, being that we're like I said, we're we're out in Kelowna out in the Okanagan, and I know you've been out here and probably had a, a party or two. Um, do you have a story that uh, that you're willing to tell that uh, our our listeners definitely uh, would like to put in their forever memory bank of how awesome Clone
1: is? Jeez, I mean, I mean, other than the fact that nobody leaves that cactus club on the on the wall, <laughs> oh,
0: it's rough, eh? hey.
1: When, 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 when I was there during my single days, I might as well set up a cot in the back.
0: No uh, kidding.
1: Uh, I, I did. Um, I did a charity golf tournament with the Moj there.
0: Yes, and yes, the shootout at Predator.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's pretty much the the best memories I have of going to Kelowna and getting to see all the hockey boys and uh, and I and I hopefully when when things settle down here with the quarantine and, and with COVID, I'm able to 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 go back and experience that. He does a great work for charity, and and it's it's at least nice coming from Vancouver and having a, a predictable day where you know you're going to get sunlight. So I I got a question to follow up on and that too. I actually attended Wake Fest way back oh. when. I uh, okay. Wake <laughs> Fest,
0: Wake Fest. I spent my uh, my stag there, and uh, there's a few things gosh, that gosh. Uh, will uh, forever remind me of uh, of going there. I was on MTV Canada, and uh, I think my wife was. She was having her stag at that day too. I was absolutely wicked drunk. I tried swimming across the lagoon to get into Wakefest. Security guy in the enemy I mean, that lagoon is like filled with like goose crap and everything. Oh, I was yeah. I was hammered, and yeah. I get across there, and he's like, "Nah, you gotta go back." Ended up cutting my uh, the bottom of my foot from like my heel to my toes. I was wearing sandals, and it's again, you're swimming, stepped on a rock and gashed it. I was walking in tippy-toes for two weeks after that. My ankles were rock hard after that, or not my ankles, but yeah, it was You're unreal. Top. Yeah, so it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, it here. was a rookie mistake. It was a rookie mistake.
3: So you, said, so you said you went to Wakefest. I don't know if you've heard, but the, we got a new thing here called Center of Gravity. You ever heard of that?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a for music. It's, it's,
3: it's kind of the same thing. You ever you ever been to it?
1: I haven't. Uh, one of one of my friends is, is one of the people that puts it on. And I think one of these years, I will definitely check it out. I'm a big music festival guy. Yeah. Um, we, To me, one of the nicest ones I've ever been to, if not the best, was Pepperton. And yeah. unfortunately, they, they couldn't sustain it. I don't know if they uh, they ran out of money or whatever. But I ended up going back-to-back years, and, and I hope that they're able to reboot that. Uh, a couple other ones that I've been to were uh, Bonnaroo.
0: Yeah, um, we've seen your tweets uh, and stories from that guy.
1: So that was, that was the first time I met Sean Avery, and I was high on mushrooms. Um, oh, wow. That was a, a great experience. I was there with Scotty Upshaw, Joffrey Lupul, Shane O'Brien, and, and a couple other hockey guys. And <laughs> it because uh, uh, Scotty Upshaw had met one of the guys who put on the festival, and they they were we were staying in like a tour bus. So we were getting golf carted around, and we would have three meals a day, and it was it was. I mean it was a 24-hour cost share service so if you ended up meeting a lady and, and you needed you know you needed like some rubbers you could just you know call up that number they would go get you some rubbers and oh, boy, you know there's a so it was it was an unbelievable experience i got to see arcade fire um nice. who else was there that was the first time i'd ever seen my morning jacket live yeah i don't know how many people are, are my, more my morning jacket fans but that was probably the the best live performance I'd ever seen, and I guess I would put them at a tie with Arcade Fire. No kidding, crazy. Bah. Do you uh like do you still spend
2: time with a lot of these guys? Like I know we just saw Shane O'Brien. I think he was on the large cast a couple weeks back, um, and obviously that dude's got some great stories. But do you still hook up with these dudes from time to time? I know, I mean, you spend so much time talking to people for the podcast. But what's it like just hanging out around and about? And do you still do it?
1: yeah i was i was a social butterfly during my nhl days and those are just guys that you know they like to go out and have a good time and experience things uh scotty upchall introduced me to a lot of music of course that music festival as well um you know and, and of course they they like to party so that, yeah i i keep in touch with all those guys when i was in new york city uh this winter i uh, met up with those guys we did another podcast with them and, and went out to dinner so It's just good reflecting on all those fun stories that we we had together, and um, yeah, definitely still keep in touch with those guys. Excellent. Where
2: are you? Where are you stationed right now? Where do you spend most of your time at the moment?
1: I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And just going back to your last question is, you know, one part about retiring that was very difficult for me. I'm a social person, and all of a sudden, when not only your livelihood stripped from you, but every day I got to go to the rink and interact with all my buddies, and you know, it's, it's not so easy when that, and then of course, as they get older, they start families and, and you, and you don't have that type of interaction. So that's why the podcast to me has been so vital because I love keeping in touch and catching up with everyone. Yeah.
3: That's awesome, man.
0: I have a question for you, Paul. So you said um, uh, you like coming out here and yeah. uh, doing some charity stuff. There is uh this year it's not happening, but uh, I'm going to pull a favor for my buddy here. Um, uh, Shay Weber and Josh Georges have, there's like a, a celebrity uh, sl- slow pitch tournament in Kelowna here. So it got canceled this year. It uh, All the funds go towards, there's a place called Joanna's House. So basically it's right across from uh, the hospital there for kind of like a Ronald McDonald House or Canucks Place. So they, uh families can stay there and don't have to worry about coming back and forth uh, when they've got someone in uh, hospice or whatever. Um, would you commit to doing it next year if they have that tournament? Cause there's a ton of NHLers that come and basically it's like, a, I think it's a couple days of just playing slow pitch with all the guys and just hanging out. And you play, yeah, I think you, there's like a pro, one or two pros per team and you can sign up and it's just uh basically a good time to hit, hit some balls and uh, have a good time in the summer.
1: Look at you broker and deal. <laughs> That's I what I do. But, yeah. you, you mentioned Ronald McDonald's house. I actually do uh, some work with McDonald's re- regarding that charity and, I didn't. I didn't really understand the concept until uh, my business partner broke it down to me and what it what it provides and an unbelievable cause. So good on you guys for for supporting that. I mean, if if, if my timetable is open and I'm able to, it's just nowadays with with the growth of the podcast, we do get a lot of requests. Yeah. And and as you can see, I hate saying no. <laughs> I, I, I like we use the term snapping it around. And anytime I get asked to do other things and and, and you know touch other people's demographics, yeah, let's let us let us do it. So hopefully I can uh, I can do that and and maybe we can uh, we can help out. And, and is Shea Weber committed for next year?
0: It's it's him and George's. It's their thing. so they've partnered okay. with uh, uh, actually a, a buddy of mine. He runs a, the like a card shop here, and uh, they've partnered together. And like I said, they just did an online auction because of. Uh, there wasn't the tournament so they raised funds in a different way this year i think they got about 6 grand this year from like auctioning off memorabilia and stuff um usually they're pulling in like 10 to 15 because of the ball game cuz obviously you can sell tickets and everything else so yeah. uh but yeah like weber like who else Brady? i think is vern yeah, in there you
1: know, coaches we we just uh-huh. hand eye, so i don't need any other criticism coming at me was striking out at a fucking slow pitch tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll keep you on the maybe
0: list. Maybe you can have a signed bottle I'll of pink wit or something. There you go.
3: All right. Well, I got a quick question. It's just for, for a friend of mine here. Uh, he's a big, big fan of the podcast of yours, Fit and Chicklets. Um, and he just wants to know, you're a big dressing room personality, big personality guy in general. About who is the biggest uh, dressing room personality in your career?
0: Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound?
1: Dennis Bondi was was a treat when I had him in Wilkes-Barre. And uh, he, he just had all these old-school quick one-liners that half of which at the time flew over my head. But the other half, he, he would have the locker room up in arms. The, and, and another reason why I love the podcast and, and what's hard sometimes is you get some of these guys in the locker room that were absolute clowns. But the minute they get in public, it, it, it shuts down. Um, we were fortunate enough to have some of Witt's former teammates who were were clowns, like Tim Stapleton, who was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um I would say though, at the top of the list, and I was usually the butt of all the jokes and the punching bag was uh Keith Yandel in the Arizona or Phoenix Coyotes locker room at the time. He is, I mean, he, he's probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. So he's, he, he's far and above the best hockey personality that I've ever been around. And without social media and without the podcast, I don't think people would have known that because he like, he's not, I don't think he even has his own Twitter account or, or no platform in order for people to see that. So that all started back then when me, him and donor were doing uh, uh, NFL Super Bowl predictions and, and all that. So Keith DeAnder would definitely be my answer. Fantastic, hmm. man. So I don't know, what's going on, buddy? Ted, are you still there, bud?
2: Yeah, man. I don't know if you guys can hear me. About that. I'm following along. I'm doing my best.
0: You're in. You uh, got okay. a question?
2: Speaking of multi-sport and you playing slow pitch and that's a possibility, Like, can we talk about your time with the Warriors and, and lacrosse for just like a quick second?
1: Yeah, so I was approached. What just happened? It, so I was approached uh, by the Warriors lacrosse team. They reached out to my business partner, Jeff Jacobson, and they wanted to, to do like a promotional video. So, like I, you know, I like to go outside the box. And if we're going to do it, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's push the limits. And we thought of this idea where I was going to try out for the team. And it was going to be a hoax. And we were going to all start it off by, by, by tweeting it as if though, uh, do you guys remember the football player? Uh, from the the where was he with at the time? He's from Tennessee. He was with Jacksonville at Raw uh, Ramsey, and oh, he Jaylen basically Ramsey. could make the in six months. Oh no! And and and, and oh, I remember world,
0: that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So the hockey world was up in arms. Of course, hockey fans are very defensive of, of their sport and and how hard it is to play. And he was just stirring the pot. So we figured, why not take the same approach but eventually follow up with it. Show up to camp and and make this viral video. So when we did it, it it had an incredible reaction. The original video we did, the teaser got over 400,000 uh, views on social media, like on the, on the Twitter, and just the amount of of uh, interaction and how much attention it brought to the cross, and which was the ultimate goal. The problem in the meantime, before the actual video came out, to find finally find out most people knew it was a hoax was I had to take the barrage of insults from lacrosse people and rightfully so because when I went to camp and I tried to play, you'd think that just running around and having a ball in the, in your lacrosse stick. How hard can uh, be? W- w- wouldn't be that hard, but learning how to, sh- I still don't know how to shoot a lacrosse ball. I couldn't cradle it at all. And I have the utmost respect for lacrosse and their players because of the beating those fucking guys take on a game to game basis. And if, no, no wonder so many good lacrosse players that ended up turning out to be good hockey players, like John Tavares and, and uh, Joe Newendike, and, and the list goes on. And not only for the sheer fact that it helps with your hands and keeps you conditioned in the offseason, but you're able to deal with that type of punishment in the game of hockey, where, to me, I think lacrosse is even more punishing than hockey itself. So um, I wish I would have played growing up because I think it would have really benefited me on the ice.
0: Ted, this is uh, yeah. where I think we need to bring in your little segment. Uh, maybe uh, get get Paul to give uh, the the dudes and guys give them the rundown.
2: Oh, I didn't. Do we have do we have names set aside for dudes and guys? We don't. We don't really.
0: So we've so got, I, got we've got so a segment said, here.
1: Operate more on your point too. The ultimate goal was to become a brand ambassador for the Vancouver Warriors. Yeah. And, and I think that it worked out and it, it brought more attention to lacrosse and even the video that we ended up putting out of, of me getting clowned at lacrosse camp, I think that was over half a million views. So the ultimate goal was, was, was to get at that traction and they actually hired a company to, to calculate what type of media, how much in media they would gained from that and it was over half a million dollars that's what they would have had to have paid to gain that much traction in media to to provide the viewership. So goal accomplished. And I was very happy that I could do that for a sport that doesn't get the respect it deserves. That is so
3: cool. Uh, well, we have this segment. I know Ted wanted to take over here for dudes and guys, but I don't think he has it in front of him. Um, we do this thing every week it's called dudes and guys. It's pretty much like the dude is the best. And the guy, he's just, you know, he's, he's just like, average. He's like, and he's we a usually guy. A, you know, we usually had our expectations of every week for the Canucks, right? We'd pick one dude and one guy. But we've changed things up a little bit um, for your sake here. And, you know, there's no hockey going on as well. So we're just wondering, if you had to pick a dude from your career uh, that you played with, played against, who would it
1: be? Like, just the coolest guy. Basically, just yeah. Like, like, exactly. Just an
3: all-around great player or something, maybe a guy you learned a lot from or... Just who is an absolute dude in the NHL.
2: Yeah, the criteria is yours, but I mean, so you can make it whatever you want, but who, who would be like your dude in the NHL?
1: I mean, Ryan O'Reilly would be up there. I don't know him extremely well, but, but obviously interacting with the Cam Jansons and the Pat Maroons and, and just saying the impact he not only had on that St. Louis locker room, but the fact that he's always the guy to rally the boys and like go grab a few pints. Um, but then, but saying that, show up the next morning, first guy, has an incredible work ethic, um, and would and, and, and lead that team to a Stanley Cup. He plays the guitar. He's just a dude. And, uh, and to bring it even further is, um, I don't know if you guys know about his old man, but he's big into the psychological aspect and helping guys overcome, like, the mental barriers of their game. And it's no wonder why, you know, Ryan is so mentally tough. And 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 his father actually runs programs and, and, and helps out help people. And he and when we had Patty Maroon on the podcast, he talked about it and how he was struggling when he got to St. Louis.
0: Yeah, I remember that. So
1: to back it up a little bit, Patty Maroon, I think he thought he was gonna get a nice little contract because he was one of the sought after free agents. He he had some pretty decent goal totals the years before, and he ended up, you know, not getting stuck. Because I don't think anybody listening is gonna sympathize for a guy getting a million bucks and getting to play in his hometown and, and play in the National Hockey League. Okay. But I think to a, a free agent who was expected at payday, it, it didn't he, you know, he didn't get what he wanted. So for the first half of the season, he he struggled in his hometown of St. Louis and he actually sat down with Ryan O'Reilly's old man. And he said from from the minute after sitting down with him and, and continuing to talk to him, he turned his game around. And, and you know, for him the rest is history, he ends up winning a Stanley Cup in his hometown. And and he was a big part of that playoff run. So Ryan O'Reilly is just the dude. Who's your guy? Crazy man. So, so, yeah. Who's I do your man? out there, man? Who's but your if you have, Like
3: a guy that maybe you uh, played with. You thought you thought maybe he'd be a dude, and he just just turned out he wasn't that good. Is there someone that maybe uh, you'd like to throw under the bus a little bit?
1: Like like no, I I try to focus more on the positive now. And I think if you go the negative route, it just kind of opens things up to to escalate and. And I will say that like now like with, with the growth of the podcast, we do have a lot of people who are you know coming at us and trying to build it down. you know, I, I I I think as I get older it's it's more about let's just continue to build each other up. Like let's try to help help you, help our brothers out and and, and then as a society grow. I mean this I will say my mind frame on things have drastically changed over the last few years. Just growing up. And I think that it's taken me some time to mature, but, um, it specifically in this last three months, as this has happened. It starts opening your eyes as, as you try to, to create some personal growth.
0: Okay. I'm going to steer it in a different way. Cause obviously I, we can turn this into a fun, uh, a fun way to make this happen. You got to pick between Crosby and Malkin. Cause obviously you played, uh, <laughs> played in Pittsburgh. And, uh, so if you had to pick like, and I don't know what your reason would be, but who would be the guy between Crosby and Malkin? Two absolute superstar, eventual Hall of Famers. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily for like whatever, but uh, just some something jokingly like that that you know that no one else may know about.
1: Well, I I think it would probably go to to um to Malkin just by default because we're yeah. talking about to me one of the greatest. He'll go down as one of the greatest. I think top five. Uh, players of all time in Sydney Crosby, but not only his impact on the ice, but off the ice. Like this guy is like squeaky clean. Yeah. Um it, he he lives and breathes the game. And for anybody to commit their life into growing something that we're all so passionate about and to not you know get sucked into anything that might, you know, negative influences or what what it may be, I, I, I can tip my cap because I was unable to do so. And uh and, and to kind of shift the conversation to you the dude and guy thing is we had max talbot on the, the podcast and he he's a guy who knows those guys way more in depth than i do because i had a short period of time with him is he described you know sid as, as the leader and you always know what you're going to get and this is this is specifically hockey he said but when malkin wants to he thinks when malkin's at his best he's the most dominant player mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that, especially when Sidney Crosby has fall fell victim to injury. Yeah, he's able to elevate his game and and really carry the team as if though so Sid does. And I think that when Sid's in the lineup, it's more of Malkin's respect for Sid, okay. where he defer he he defers a little bit. Wow. And uh, so, going back to your answer, yeah, Malkin's the the, the guy, but not not because he ain't the
0: dude oh no it's uh i think like i said it's a lot easier when you've got two eventual hall of famers than uh well give somebody the gears anyway i
1: I tell the story all the time and uh you know malcolm's just so so laissez-faire where i was next to him after the year they'd made their their one um when was no it was he so they they won the cup and that was the year that i played 15 games so the next year in training camp which i eventually ended up getting picked up off waivers by the Arizona Coyotes was, uh, I was riding a stationary bike next to Malcolm and camp and Frank Bonomo, who is the team PR guy, walks in and hands him an envelope. And and I was like, I was kind of like, Gino, what, what's that? And because you gets tell when he looked at it, he smirked a little bit and he kind of was like, don't worry about it. And I was like, fucking show me. So he ends up signing over the envelope and it was, he it was, it was, it was reached the season before the check was for just under a million bucks. Oh jeez. So, uh, riding on his fucking getting a check for about 960k like it was nothing. Yeah. He probably left the fucking thing in the cup holder after he's done his ride too. Like, <laughs> That's how easy going he is, but he is just a man. He he once forced a Louis Vuitton rep to reopen the store at like 9.15 at night when they were on a race. Brooks Orphic was with him walking around after dinner. And he kept, <laughs> he kept banging on the glass. And finally the person came to the door. Hey, sir, we're closed. He's like, no, oh, I buy shoes. He goes, no, I buy shoes. <laughs> I was like, well, no, we're closed. And he's like, no, I buy shoes. Cause I always talk about how big of a bully he is and yeah. sure enough they, they let him come in and, and, and spend thousand dollars on a couple pairs of wheels. Oh man. Wow. must be nice. That's, That's awesome.
0: Ted, you're still with us?
2: Yeah, man, I'm still here. It's a little bit tough all along the phone, but I'm just loving these stories right now. I mean, awesome. I think it says a lot about Gino and what kind of guy he was to be as dominant of a player and, and personality as he is, but to be able to take, like, a, a complementary role. And I'm not, not saying, like, backseat to Sid, but to just, like, understand where you sit in the lineup of things and how you can impact the game. So that's,
1: that's pretty cool. I mean, you guys have heard the story about when uh, when Gino came the year after Sid and there Sid's extremely <laughs> superstitious so sid always liked going out last and gino their first game they're going out and sid's waiting there and he's kind of like go, go you know go ahead to warm up here buddy and, and gino's like no you go me last. and he's like no he's like you know I you're ready. i get i get it And he goes no no sh- three years super league because <laughs> gino's been playing three years in the, the professional league in the khl which at the time was called the super league so in that situation Sid chuckled it off deferred and he ended up going out and then gino goes out last So, re- regarding regarding the 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 dynamic of, of that team it's 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 awesome how it all worked out and, and how they're they're able to to exist together no wonder they had so much success hmm.
0: that's awesome um i was kind of thinking about this because and we were talking about this before you got on uh, paul Uh, about the two Twitter accounts and uh, I think most people know and some people don't why you kind of had to tone things down and and leave Twitter for a little bit and then you came back as a 2.0 we can maybe tell that story but my question kind of was for you after you got to the (laughs) NHL and you know you're you're pretty uh, vibrant personality. Did you ever expect to be, like, a social ambassador for the NHL and for hockey in general? Like, it just seems like it naturally came, and now, like, you're a name that, that everybody seems to know. And obviously, with the podcast, there's a, a lot wider reach, but um, the game seems to have grown, and, like, your name, like, in all honesty, until kind of the, the Twitter thing happened. I had no idea who you were. And all of a sudden now you're a guy like, nobody's going to forget, like you're, you're outgoing, like you're involved in so many different facets of the game. Um, and it just seems to grow And like, you're involved, whether it's, you know, with, uh, with Rogers and, and all the things they're doing there and these hometown hockey things or, uh, advertisements, the Pink Whitney stuff or whatever, like it's, it's pretty awesome that you can kind of go from you know as you've described your career as uh you know definitely a a lesser uh a lesser role as a whole but now you've come in it like you've had such a bigger career basically as you've kind of you know uh, i guess left the actual game and you've kind of like grown uh i guess the the biz empire if you will
1: yeah i take no offense to that i know that people forget i was a defenseman right? so i had to completely adapt to the to the fourth line fighting role in order to even get to the nhl And i w- I actually had more healthy scratches in my nhl career than i did games play so I, I i i was well aware that my impact wasn't much on the ice but when i when i ended up starting social media it was more like hey what's this and joking around with fans and and open that door to let them see what what you know what not only my personality was but my teammates and what other guys in the league were like and I think that at the time hockey was just this this shell of what it is now because it was so frowned up frowned upon to show personality it was very rare for guys to come outside that box and, and and even from the top down like managerial you know, like Lou Amarillo, if I would have had that Twitter account on his team, I guarantee it would have been shut down before it even before I sent out my first tweet for crying out loud. And, you know, as you said, it's taken on a mind of its own. And and, and it's kind of shifted from the hockey career to maybe, you know, opening up that door to show off more of these guys' personalities with the podcast and doing more fun things. Like I'm extremely grateful that that. I did start a Twitter account, and it grew to the size it did because now I have something to occupy my time post career, and ultimately that's one of the, the biggest things that I'm thankful for is the fact that I'm able to keep my mind moving and have a purpose to wake up every day. That's that's the key, and and some guys do struggle with that. Even guys who made 50 million in their career, once it's all over, they just don't have a purpose anymore, and you know they they fall into some dark times. So it's been awesome. I'm. You know, and and then not only to collab with Whitney and, and, and have this Chiklis podcast, and to, and to put these guys on a pedestal, all these different characters we get on, um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, man, and I never expected it to go to the size it did, and um and I hope that uh, I'll never take advantage of it.
0: It seems natural for you guys too, like there's a that that goofy relationship that just seems like you guys could literally pick up on a moment's notice and it's like you guys all live in the same house together like it just it has that feel to it there's no kind of awkwardness i mean we've when we first started up i you know i knew uh one of these guys and uh, had worked i guess it, at a distance with uh with brady as well um but you, you know we had our first couple episodes and kind of figure it out but like every time i listen to you guys it's just like it's like you guys have known each other for you know years and years and years it just seems so natural
1: well, yeah, well, I, well, thank you. Thank you for all the compliments, guys. Like, even when I first started out on the podcast, you know, it, there, there's still a lot on learning, especially in interviews, too. Like, we, you know, try not to cut off guys when you're getting excited and you want to get your jab in there and, you know, and what questions to ask, you know, and, and listen, there's been times where, where I've personally fall, fell flat on my face. I mean, there's things I look back on that I'm like, I didn't execute as, as properly, but but you know, ultimately, you know, even for you guys, like it, it's cool. Everyone's doing their thing, and it just so happens that we ended up gaining a big following. And uh, and you know, we're very grateful to have a different dynamic from all four of us. Renelly being the younger guy and part of that younger generation. I talked about the video games earlier. We got Ra, who's the blue-collar hockey fan, so it's nice getting his perspective. We have you know me, who is a bit of a, the clown fighter, and then you got Wit, who you know he was a you know he's a, Know, top end defenseman, and 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 you know he he, he ran a power play that was had Sidney Crosby on it. So his credibility adds a lot to the podcast. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic, and uh, and and it's cool. And we want to see more and more people come out with podcasts and 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 grow the game, just like you guys are doing. Excellent.
3: Yeah, thank you so much, man. Like spinning tricklets is, is so fun to listen to. Um, but just before we let you go here, uh, I was wondering, is there maybe. A possible chance there's gonna be some future canucks on the show
1: well we just had bo horvat yeah um he he was awesome talk about a great leader and i know that you guys probably get a lot of canucks fans. and we could probably end with that topic um you know you, you guys as an organization are are in the right direction three years in a row you guys have, have had a guy nominated for the calder trophy um i i don't know what your guys feelings are on on quinn hughes but i i I think he's gonna put up a, a bigger fight than people think against uh Makar because his yeah. numbers, especially as the season was going on, were treading up and up and up, and he was getting more and more responsibility. Mm-hmm. So he would be he would be a fun guy to get on if we could. Um we asked uh what's his name? Geez, the uh, the handsome fellow, Besser. Yeah. But I think some guys are a little timid because they feel that they that our fans want to be entertained with all these crazy stories. Mm. And also some guys do have a bit of a squeaky clean reputation. So they don't wanna they don't wanna maybe say the wrong thing and and and, and create a, create a distraction for the organization, especially given with how well the team is playing uh this year. So, you know, any any guys that are willing to come on, we want them to come on. And any guys that are a little timid too and don't wanna don't want to. Don't want to We're we're cool. There's no hate. Like we know we know we're probably never going to get Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky because all they have is is things to lose and not gain by coming on our podcast.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I can appreciate that. It kind of it almost like it's uh it's like your your thing earlier saying like you don't really want to burn any bridges, right?
1: No. Keep opportunities open. And and somebody listening might be like, well, fuck, (laughs) where you go with the GR situation? And and as I mentioned, we're we're learning and we're trying to improve and and. And, and not give people the wrong idea. And that, that, that was a particular unfortunate incident. And, and I think all of us looking back uh, regret it. And I wish, I wish I would have caught it in the midst of the interview. And because, because people don't realize when you're in the midst of an interview, like sometimes when you're even listening, you're as a, as a guy asking questions, you're more concerned about what you're asking next yeah, and in the midst of that, trying to digest and play off of what their response was. So, um, it's it, it's not as easy as it looks, and and we're you know we regret that situation, and hopefully that people can move on and, and we can all learn from it. Excellent,
0: Ted. Do you have any final words for Paul? Ted, yeah, you didn't ask me any questions. Oh
1: yeah, one more. Let's go.
0: I was just going to ask if him. Quinn Hughes won, uh, would Grinelli go up and accept the award?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, he's going to be his uh, stunt double.
0: It's going to happen in the Quinn Hughes Stanley Cup what movie. What you
1: got me, Ted?
2: No, I was just like, I mean, uh, you've just been such a busy guy. Obviously, Pink Whitney is a thing, and and the charity work, and and the podcast. I mean, you were hustling so much during the All Star game. Like, what's what's next on the horizon, the horizon for, for Biz and and Spitting Chicklets? Like, what do you got going on over the next little while?
1: There's there's always different avenues we're looking to grow. I mean, we had a great call with uh, Erica Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool yesterday. Um, the, the 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 COO. Is that, was that what the, I don't even know what all these fucking titles are. But <laughs> some, some awesome ladies at Barstool that help us out and help us grow all these different avenues. You mentioned the charity aspect. And uh, we ended up helping out the ECHL Player Relief Fund uh, because that was the first hockey league to just shut down operations given that they had to pay for the housing. And and they just didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel at the start of this thing. So that was a league that was near and dear to my heart because that's where I started my pro career mm-hmm. at the Wheeling. The, uh, the wheel, excuse me, Wheeling, West Virginia. Um, yeah, you're and, an all-star, right? Yeah, and, and, and we had some interviews uh, at <laughs> two-time ECHL. ECHL. a <laughs> boy. Not a big deal. Um, but w- I think we're going to end up raising over 75000 for those guys, and I think that we're they are going to retain every dollar that they were supposed to make this season, because when the league shut down, they were not going to see their pay for their final three weeks. Oh, so we're, you know, we're proud of that to help that out. Um, regarding the Pink Whitney, we definitely want to grow a, a charity aspect to that. It's just been hard with, with, with all our other focuses, but we will get to it. Um, but the, the Pink Whitney started as kind of like some fun thing. And and now it's grown into basically the John Bailey of hockey. Yeah. And the, and the you know, Ar- Arnold Palmer is the original drink, lemonade and, and, yeah. uh, iced tea. Mm-hmm. vodka in it they call it the john daly of course and and we wanted to create something for hockey fans to be able to bond over after a men's league game and bring in a bottle because you know it is a you know it's it's a community and 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 there are a lot of good people involved and and people should have that escape from reality in order to go to the rink and play men's league and or whatever it may be go to a game go to a junior game and you know hopefully enjoy a couple cocktails and, and maybe forget about some of the stresses of life so it's been a great ride, boys, and and I really appreciate you guys having me on, and, and I wish you guys the best of luck in, in what you guys got going on here. And and you guys had some awesome questions, so thank you to you and your fan base for having me.
0: Excellent. I was gonna. I have got two questions for you, Paul. One, um, well, well, I got you guys are on the hook here. Well, I I know. I'll I one. Uh, so I got a half bottle left of pink, uh, pink Whitney in the fridge. There is there anything that you would suggest mixing with that because it's pretty sweet, right? so yeah what's like your combo
1: i'm a softy boys and i i put a little bit of club soda in mine okay okay or sparkling water whatever you're you're uh you like so the 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 black community has took a massive liking for the pink whitney yeah okay and you know what they're mixing it with oh no hennessy oh really they, they really they just love the color and remember when they used to mix Hennessy and hypnotica okay there was a name for it I forget it but that that's what that's what one of the most popular drinks are right now is the mix between Hennessy and Pink Whitney now I don't know if I would try it
0: no I wouldn't
1: that sounds dangerous that's one of the answers and, and I was surprised to hear that but uh we, we talked about the charity aspect and with everything that's going on in the world right now, maybe we could shift a little bit of focus in order to, to making hockey more affordable for, for the black community and, and getting some of the players who have set the, you know, kind of paved the way to Willie Orees and even yeah. the next wave of the, the Wayne Simlins, the JT Browns, the Evander Kane award, oh, maybe, maybe collabing with them and, and opening the door because I mean, You know, there's some incredible athletes there, and if we're able to, you know, provide them with the resources in order to grow and become NHL hockey players, I think it's only going to benefit the game in the long run. So, I know that kind of translated into back to the charity, but uh, Pink Whitney and Hennessy. Now we just got to think of a name for it.
0: Oh, I like it. Now we'll maybe put that to our followers. Thanks so much, Paul. Um, This has been. It was very impromptu. I didn't expect to get a message this morning saying, "Yeah, I'm good." So uh, I'm glad that the boys were able to make it as well. And uh, again, very much appreciated. This is a, a, a huge honor to have a, a guy like yourself on our show and hopefully uh, obviously help grow our stuff. But uh, we're definitely going to make sure that we can help uh, help out uh, any way we can uh, with the future endeavors you've got. So uh, very much appreciated. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it this week. Uh, Emergency podcast with Paul Biznasty Bissonette.
1: And uh, stick taps for Ted. I know he was having technical difficulties and you know, I've been before. And it's like it's like that dream where you have where like you get dressed in hockey and then you're heading out to the ice and then next thing you know you don't have your gear on anymore and then you gotta head back in the locker room. Have you guys ever had that dream before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, bits and pieces Nightmares. of that, Nightmares. yeah. So way to battle through it, Teddy. Stick taps. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Beautiful.
0: Big thanks boys. so much, Paul. All
1: right. Thanks again, Spiz. Thanks
3: for Take, Take care. Excellent. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex. But I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars.
1: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com.
3: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on, let's go to the Blue house.
1: the The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker